Welcome to another gathering of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Have a seat by the fire as we prepare to help you unlock the secrets of the travel life. From theme park thrills to Purple Mountain's majesty, we want to see it all and do it all, and we want to help you do the same. We all have those bucket list trips, once-in-a-lifetime destinations that we'll get to someday. We're here to help you make your travel dreams a reality. Buy the ticket, take the trip. Where do you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, now tell me what's on your bucket list. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. We're living La Vida local as we help you find ways to take it slow and get a deeper experience at Walt Disney World. But first, travel news, including Disneyland's opening, summer travel to Europe, and Hungary's Festival of Masked Monsters. Stock up on boysenberries and hop on the People Mover. It's time to hit the trail with the Gold Key Adventurers Society. You're exploring Discovery Island when you find yourself lost in the strange, dimly lit Gold Key Cavern. Gradually, you can make out two passageways. One curves downward to the right. The other leads upward to the left. It occurs to you that the one leading down may go to the travel news segment, and the one leading up may go straight to the second half of the show and our main topic. Which way will you choose? If you take the left branch, turn to page 20. If you take the right branch, turn to page 61. If you turn off this podcast and load up the latest episode of This American Life instead, turn to page 21. I hope that you all selected page 61 because that's the one that goes to the news topic. Mm, I'm so turning off the podcast. That's fine. There's Go listen to some Taylor Swift. As you head down the passageway towards the news segment of our show, you nearly bump into a stranger looking in the shadows. Zach, I think there's another adventurer here with us. Let's meet our guest. This week, we're excited to welcome fellow adventurer and key to the world travel advisor, Katie Duncan, to the show. Hi, Katie. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. Hi. Uh, how's how's it going? It's great. I'm, I'm I'm very glad. I'm happy. We're happy to have you on the show this week. Um, as always, we like to try to get to know our guests a little bit better by finding out what their personal adventure style is. If you had to describe yourself in terms of a character from an adventure book, movie, comic, whatever, what would you be? Are you the fearless pilot flying solo around the globe, the crusty old sea captain pursuing a giant cetacean, or maybe a traveler in time and space? I think... I would be like Spider-Man, like documenting all of the adventures. Oh, yeah. Oh, or uh, what was that? Man, I'm about to get really nerdy. There was a video game. There was, it was on PlayStation 2. And it was like you, you were you had a pig for a friend and you were fighting some kind of bad guys. But you were a photojournalist and a big mechanic of the game was taking pictures of <laughs> your camera has special lenses i think to let you see hidden pa- oh i believe I the kids call know. that minecraft <laughs> no <laughs> certainly not minecraft i am not that cool as the befuddled silence uh yeah i have confused I, looks on your face i have absolutely no idea what you're talking about if it's not mario i don't know mm, yeah that tends to be my my problem too. Well, our show this week is brought to you by Key to the Road Travel. <laughs> Key to the Road Travel is a full-service travel agency specializing in theme parks. I'm used to having so many more voices jumping in with yeah with non sequiturs and 
jokes about anatomy and stuff. So <laughs> I'm waiting. I keep on expecting it and it's not coming. Uh, anyway, uh, Key to the World Travel is a full service travel agency specializing in theme parks, cruising, and destinations around the world. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com for more details and a no obligation quote on the vacation of a lifetime. Zach! Uh, we got some exciting things happening in Disneyland and actually they're going to be they're going this is going to be old by the time this episode mm. comes out but it's still worth talking about it is so, because uh, what's, what's the news well because the day we're actually recording this um Disneyland had a soft opening for cast members um uh, so it's kind of like a like a a rehearsal if you will for uh, their uh, grand reopening this Friday. So I and I think it's really cool that cast members are the first um, guests back in Disneyland um, as uh, since the uh, since the special times. I think that's really cool that they did that. Um, I did uh, watch the special video message that they had for the cast members last night. Late. I, I did. I, I didn't watch it until today until you texted me about it. And um after I picked up all my Kleenex off the floor and picked myself <laughs> up off the floor, um, it it was a it was a wonderful little video. Not much to it. Um, Josh tomorrow, um, and we all stand Josh tomorrow here on this podcast. He uh, started the video by talking about um, the reopening of Disneyland and and how important the cast members are in this process. The cast members, the Imagineers. And then it went to, and I can't remember his first name. Is it John? Ken Potrock. Ken? <laughs> Ken, not John. Ken Potrock, who's the current um, president of the Disneyland Resort, who's actually never been the president of the Disneyland Resort while it's actually open to the public, um, because he came on during the pandemic after, I think, sometime last summer. So he also talked about the... Uh, the welcoming the Disney cast members back um, and then opening the parks again this Friday. He he did it in one of my favorite spots in Disneyland. It was also inversely one of my favorite spots in the Magic Kingdom in front of the casting window um, where it says Disneyland Resort Casting Agency and it's got a Walt Disney quote. It's one of my favorite spots in the park um, as a former cast member. And so he did that little shtick video where he welcomed back cast members. And then we got a little another introduction by the current disneyland ambassadors uh fun fact because we'll be getting into talking about working for disney experience a little bit later uh, not the disneyland ambassadors but the current walt disney world ambassadors i can't for the life of me remember the the there's uh two of them uh the one uh steven I actually worked with Steven when I was a cast member and um, fun fact, when I had to go home or I was actually home visiting family and got sick, couldn't get back down to Orlando. Uh, he actually covered a couple of my shifts for me. He's a, he's a real uh, uh, stand up guy, but anywho, back, I digress. Uh, and so we had the current Disneyland ambassadors um, just do a, a quick little welcome back for the cast members. And then they lit up the castle, played When You Wish Upon a Star. They also played a portion of the opening day speech from Walt Disney, the one that everyone's very familiar with. But to all who come to this happy place, welcome. And it was just a wonderful little moment. And I'm glad that they did that for their cast members. That was more for their cast members than it was for the guest. And I, I just really appreciate it. Katie, how many notes into When You Wish Upon a Star did you make it before you teared up? Because I made it approximately <laughs> um, four. <laughs> I was a little cried out already by the time I saw it, just from the joy of the People Mover reopening. So, 
<laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't take it doesn't take much to make us cry. We're not afraid to cry. No, I've said it before. Disney is like uh is like a <laughs> It's like an abusive boyfriend. <laughs> They're masters of emotional manipulation. Uh, they just know how to get you every time. Uh, they they faded in that video on uh, on the lamp in Walt's apartment. Uh, that was really nice too. I like that. But yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, Disneyland. Nice to see the castle lit up. Disneyland reopens this Friday. It's still hard to believe that that park has been closed for over a year. I'm I'm so excited. That it's going to be reopened uh, to California residents as of right now, um, but uh, eventually it'd be open up to guests from all over the world. And um, it just—I don't know—it was a—it was a feel-good moment today, thinking about cast members being back on Main Street, enjoying the park, and a nice way to get them excited to reopen for the guests starting Friday. So. Well, speaking of things opening back up, uh, last week we talked about France was planning on easing travel restrictions for vaccinated American tourists this summer. Approximately less than 12 hours after they made that announcement, uh, the president of the European Union, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, uh, told, uh, said in an interview on Sunday that uh, they, they also plan on doing the same thing. Uh, for all members of the EU, although they have not, uh, they have not put put out any additional details. I think they don't have additional details of what their rules and regulations are going to be. But they have said that all 27 member states will accept unconditionally all those who are vaccinated with vaccines that are approved by the uh, European Medicines Agency. So, join uh, Greece, uh, Greece. Iceland, Croatia, and France in welcome, welcoming tourists back. And that's a good thing for traveling and adventure. All the more reason to go get that vaccine. I think everyone over the age of 16 is, is qualified for the vaccine now. So all the more reason to get it. Get it so you can go travel. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not going anywhere outrageously crazy over the next few months. I'm going to Walt Disney World for quite a few times. And even though, you know, I still follow the safety protocols that they have in place and wear my mask and social distance and all that good stuff, just knowing that I have been vaccinated, um, also knowing that my family has been been vaccinated, my coworkers, my friends, they've all been vaccinated. It's just a huge um, sigh of relief knowing that I can, you know, go and experience the parks and, and not have to be so concerned with uh, not only, you know, affecting myself, but affecting the people around me. So all the more reason. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know about where you guys are, but they've started allowing anybody to just walk in and get it now in Michigan or mm. lots of spots in Michigan. You don't even yeah, need an appointment because no we, we hit that wall where everybody that was going to get it pretty much has got it. So mm-hmm. hopefully they can convince a few more people. But. Yeah, we want to we want to go back to traveling. Um, I was it was very loosely planned, but. There were a few of us that were uh, had pl- were originally going to going to Tokyo this this year. Yeah, yeah, it was this supposed to be this May, and of course the pandemic happened, and, and we're obviously not going. Uh, I don't think I'd want to go anyway. Even if I could go, I don't think I want to go right now because the Olympics are still planning on happening. Um, I think so. Yeah, they say they are. They uh, yeah. So I guess I'll I'll. Pre- 
push my trip back into that new fantasy springs area put it off until uh early or late late winter next year so you can see the uh the <laughs> the the penis festival and the uh the festival of the naked men that we talked about in earlier episodes why are you giving me that look zach these are our most popular episodes where we talk about the crazy the crazy penis festivals in japan they're all over the place jess isn't even here and we're still bringing up penises i know i don't know what i'm doing it i don't know i i don't know what 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 inspired that hey um Speaking yeah. of penis festivals, speaking no, this has nothing to do with that. Uh, Katie, have you ever been to Nutsberry Farm? We were talking about this earlier. Neither Zach nor I have, but we would really like to visit someday. I have not been there either. It looks, it looks. I mean, really cool. It's, it's a little bit more hokey, uh, old timey stuff, but we tend to be fans of that on this show. So, uh, Zach, you've got a story out of Nutsberry Farm about a festival they've got. Uh, it's going to be wrapping up pretty soon, but it's too good to pass up. Yeah. We couldn't, we couldn't let it go without bringing some of this stuff up. Um, I like Dan and I were talking about earlier. I've always wanted to visit Knott's Berry Farm, but every time I'm out at Disneyland, I always feel like I don't know when I'm going to be back to Disneyland. Um, so I, I never take that day to go over there and visit. Um, I, I will eventually, especially if they bring back the berry. The Knott's Berry Farm Boysenberry Squishmallow. Squishmallow, Squishmallow, <laughs> whatever it's called, I want one. And you can only get them at Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, you can get them. And, and I don't know, like, I, I don't collect Squishmallows. I, I do have one, for full disclosure. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't collect them, tell- but... What? Zach, real quick, sorry. Uh, for our listening audience who might be over the age of six or might not know somebody <laughs> age six, could you explain yeah, what a Squishmallow so is? Squishmallow <laughs> is just a a really, a, a, just a very squishy, very soft, uh, plush. So we, when I was a kid, we called them stuffed animal. I think kids these days call them plushies. I don't know, that sounds wrong, but... Um, it's basically a, it's just a large round, um, stuffed animal, very soft, um, fairly inexpensive. I, I got the one that I have. It's pretty big and I got it at Costco for 10 bucks. Um, my cat loves to play with it. So I feel like we've, we've already got our $10 worth, but listen, y'all, the boysenberry squishmallow is like, it's, it is a boysenberry and I want it. I don't know why, but I have to have one. And unfortunately, the Boysenberry Festival, I think, ends next week. May. It's like the first week of May. May. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's ending or right right after or right before. This yeah, right before this episode. We, but talk about I, I, we had to talk about it. Um, for those of you that don't know, and like I said, I'm not a collector, but I, I am. I'm fully aware that there is a like a black market for squishmallows out there. Like people are selling <laughs> these. Like I'm telling you, people are selling these things for so for like high prices. The boysenberry squishmallow. Now, of course, keep in mind that you do have to pay. I think forty five dollars to get into the not the taste of Knott's Boysenberry Festival or whatever it's called. Um, so there is like a cost involved, and I so I get that. Um. And I believe to get the boysenberry squishmallow, you have to like play games or something like the little, um, like the Chester and Hester's dumpster fire. 
Um, yeah, it's it's a bunch of midway games. You have to yeah. play to win it. So, like, I get there's a process involved, but people are selling this Squishmallow on like eBay and Mercari for like 150 bucks. I um, just looked at it. I can confirm 150 dollars for the boysenberry. But it's However, so it's so it's cute. It's 150 dollars worth of adorable, isn't it? it it actually is really cute. <laughs> and it's exclusive. I, mean, I saw it and I immediately said, I want one of those. Because, I, I mean, you know, Knott's Berries or Knott's Berry Farm is synonymous with boysenberries. I mean, that that is the berry in Knott's Berry Farm. I don't know. I think it's cool. I, I love that they partnered with Knott's Berry Farm to make this. I believe Knott's Berry Farm is celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. That's probably yes, part so. of it. So I, I don't know. It's cool. <laughs> um... I don't know. I, I just felt like we couldn't let Knott's, the taste of Knott's Berry Farm Boysenberry Festival go without mentioning the Boysenberry Squishmallow. And if you like, if you, if you really want to, I totally, I totally endorse this. If you want to buy one and send it to us, you know, just <laughs> send us an email. We'll get you. We'll send get you us an, an email. We'll get you a mailing address. I would like one. I think Dan wants one. Right, go ahead and send Katie one because she came on the show at the last minute. Um, we want the yeah, boys and berries. Tr- Give us the boys and berries. Trio. Well, the other thing that I couldn't I couldn't pass up on this on this festival, and I wish that I had looked at the, that this had been on my radar earlier. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about boys and berries? Are we fans here? I love do boys and berries. like. Yeah, I mean, it's I a berry. I have an opinion, really. Yeah, occasionally <laughs> I can find knots. Well, it's 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 weird because the knots. Knott's Berry Farm is not owned by the same company that makes the jams now because it's owned by another company. I can't remember the top of my head. Yeah, it's owned by Cedar Cedar Fair. So the stuff that they sell there technically isn't made with the Knott's Berry factory, um, which I think Knott's Berry, the actual berry people, I think is owned by Smuckers at this point. Kind of makes sense. Um, but occasionally I can get Knott's Boysenberry jam at some of my local grocery stores, some of the specialty stores. Um, I love them. And sometimes I find the little Knott's Boysenberry cookies, like little thumbprint cookies. Oh, that and they've got delicious. jam on the middle. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Well, if you're a fan of boysenberries or berries in general, you know how when they have these festivals and they get some crazy foods that all the booths and they generally have a theme like like it. Like at say the the art festival at Epcot where they have the the booths and they kind of go a little out mm-hmm. there on some of the themes. They didn't go out there on the themes here at Nasberry Farm. They went and stuck with what they know, and they've got boysenberries. And I just want to run down the list of the food offer offerings, and it's going to sound like I'm uh, naming off. I'm going to sound like Bubba here and listen off all the ways you can prepare shrimp. So here's what they've got, and uh, I'm sorry. For this, but uh, I can't pass it up. Boysenberry barbecue carne asada pizza slice with cilantro and onions. Boysenberry pie slice. Boysenberry macaroon. Boysenberry smoothie. Boysenberry cake with boysenberry cream cheese icing. Boysenberry crisp with vanilla ice cream. Boysenberry pie slice with whipped cream. Boysenberry bread pudding with creme anglaise. Boysenberry lemon and almond loaf. Red velvet mm. bunt cake with a boysenberry cream cheese icing. Boysenberry macaron. Boysenberry iced boysenberry iced irish cream coffee boysenberry and basil lemonade boysenberry cosmopolitan 
boysenberry brisket tater tots with crispy jalapeno chips and a boysenberry aioli. Uh, mac and cheese bites with mac and cheese bites over tater tots with a boysenberry sriracha ketchup. Pork bao buns with a boysenberry kimchi sauce. Uh, boysenberry brisket tater tots. Oh, I said that one already. Um, meatballs with boysenberry barbecue sauce. Boysenberry barbecue brisket mac and cheese boysenberry beef stew over spanish rice boysenberry dipping dots Ooh. <laughs> apple and chicken sausage with a boysenberry mustard on a boysenberry bun elote with boysenberry mayo you know i would try all of this except for that boysenberry beef stew over spanish rice that sounds a little oh, i'm all about sus, that as the kids okay, how say. about a pastrami sandwich on a pretzel bun with provolone cheese and boysenberry mustard i would or try boysenberry that key lime tart there's a lot of boysenberry food. I'm only halfway through the list, but I'm, I'm I can't do it anymore. <laughs> the only food item I'm really familiar well, there's two food items I'm familiar with from Knott's Berry Farm. Well, you know, we just have a lot to say about Knott's Berry Farm today. She really is that girl, isn't she? Um, so I'm familiar with two things. Of course, the the chicken. They have the fried chicken, which is kind of how Knott's Berry Farm, the amusement amusement park, started. It was kind of like, if, if I remember correctly, and I could totally be wrong if I'm misremembering, I believe it started out as a way to keep guests entertained while they were waiting to get their chicken dinners um, at the restaurant, if if I remember correctly. I think that's correct. Well, um, it, started, it started out as a, as a berry stand at the side of the road, and they started adding stuff to yeah. draw people in to buy the berries. In, including the, cho- the, the, the chocolate, the chicken. Um so I know that I know that I know they're well known for that ch- that chicken. Um, there's like a chicken dinner or something at the restaurant, and then they have this thing called a fun bun, and it is a deep fried cinnamon du- cinnamon bun topped with silky boysenberry glaze and powdered sugar. I know those are very popular um, at Knott's Berry Farm. I don't know if they're only available at the festival, but you know who knows. But I'll try everything. That sounds delicious. Sign me up. Okay, done. You're signed up. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just love the color. Yes, it's a very nice purple color. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it purple like some sunsets you might see somewhere tropical. I was thinking it was kind of like Barney blood purple. Like if I stabbed Barney, that's what I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I think we just lost lost one of our listeners uh, that's okay i don't think that the barney market is that big anymore they kicked him out of universal um i saw this weird story out of hawaii weren't you just in hawaii katie i was yeah um you were did, did you need to rent a car while you were there i did did they have cars available for you yeah oh you got lucky because apparently now there's an influx of tourists to the island, and there are no no rental cars left. The inventory is gone. Anything that is available, they are they are charging a thousand dollars a day for a rental car. Wow. So I did not pay that. <laughs> no. What do you think an enterprising tourist would do instead uh, if they need to get around the islands? Uber. Ooh, or. If you were even cheaper, you would go ahead and call up your local U-Haul and rent a uh, a nine-foot cargo van for $20 a day or a pickup truck. This is genius. This is genius because I like to shop. And no. <laughs> <laughs> I could just shop to my heart's content. How am I going to get it back home? I don't know. But all I know is I'm renting that U-Haul for 20 bucks a day and I'm going to throw all my purchases in that U-Haul. Well, well, the problem is now nobody can move on the islands because everybody's renting all of the U-Haul trucks for... 
but all their pineapples and for tourists also also uh um another reason that is a popular apparently is you only have to be 18 to rent a u-haul as opposed to 25 Mm -hmm. for a typical rental car so that's driving it but yeah and then you can you can start your own uber service you can just put people in your u-haul and move them around (laughs) to get your money back i I think they probably specifically prohibit that he can pick up duffy the bear put him in your u-haul take him to the dole plantation factory or whatever it's called Go eat some real Hawaiian pineapples with your Duffy Bear, if you're so inclined. Or Olumel, uh, or Shelly Mae, but not Gelatoni, because Gelatoni's not at Aulani anymore. We didn't talk about that, did we? No, we didn't. No, he's not, think, he's not there I don't anymore. Think anybody... I think Stella Lou is still there, but I, I'm pretty sure they took away Gelatoni, which is weird, because he's like the best one. He's a cat yeah, with a beret. Yeah, but... but... He doesn't really belong in Hawaii, does he? Well, no, Did neither board shorts neither, him or something. Well, neither does a purple tap dancing bunny rabbit, but we got that. So why can't I have a beret wearing cat that paints with his tail? Well, maybe the problem is you've never visited Alani, so I, 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 no, I, I can't. I have actually, I've never visited. I, I remember when Katie was in Hawaii uh, a month or so ago. I remember um, looking at all the photos. I'm very jealous. Did you uh, did you hunt down uh, Duffy Bear's friends while you were there? I did. I was on a shopping spree for some friends that were not Zach, actually. So there is there is still love for Duffy and his friends. And the store was quite full of merchandise. Well, Dan and I are going to be at Walt Disney World next month. And we're going to make a trip to the Polynesian just so we can go to the gift shop. Because I believe they still have Duffy and Friends merchandise there. We're also eating dinner at Kona Cafe, so that's oh, why I'm going to the Polynesian. Perfect. <laughs> I forgot. Conveniently, <laughs> you can go visit the gift shop, and I'll uh, do something else. Someday we'll have to maybe, maybe if we ever have sponsors on our show, we can record a bonus episode where Zach explains this whole Duffy and Friends phenomena mm-hmm. because. It's actually a really crazy, insane kind of story, and it is. And I could, I could, I could go into the story of where I met the Imagineer that created Gelatoni while we were at a work conference. Paying customers, I'll save Save it. I'll save it. Customers, (laughs) because it just blows my mind that how many agents do we have that conference? I think about a hundred. It just, it still blows my mind to this day that of all the hundred people that could have ran into that that Imagineer, it was me, the one person that. Well, it was. It was meant to be, well, right? I didn't know who he was, but I knew who his cat was. <laughs> I know who he is now. I mean, he's no Bob Gurr. But who is? Speaking of Bob Gurr, uh, we, we, we alluded to this story earlier, but great news. The People Mover's back open, right? It is. Yay! And, and we've got a trip report from, uh, from Katie. Yes. Uh, People Mover opened on April 25th. and. On the 26th, it was evacuated at least once, (laughs) but uh, I got to ride three times in a row and it was pretty much exactly the same, but they did, (laughs) but they did paint those walls um, where you come out of like the dark spaces when you go through Space Mountain and um, Buzz Lightyear, um, they don't look hideous like they should be in the dark like they had been, and proud to say they look fantastic. Excellent. Did anybody vacuum the inside the Progress City model? <laughs> I 
can't say that I noticed. I was way too excited to to just be on it. Uh, but they were social distancing the the cars, which I thought was interesting. How how are they doing that? Every every other car. <laughs> okay. hmm. All right, fair. That I appreciate their concern for my safety on the people mover. I always forget that other people like to ride the people mover. So my initial reaction was, why did they need to do that? <laughs> Weren't you the only one there? <laughs> you know, the people movers gained quite a bit of popularity within like the last six or seven years. I remember visiting in 2014 and I, and I always really enjoyed the people mover. And then I remember coming back like two years later and there's like an actual line for it. Um, which is weird. I mean, I get it. It's, it's, it's very relaxing. It's just the perfect little sit down and just ride around attraction. It's got a wonderful little memorable narrative, uh, narration. And you get to see a lot of cool things, especially if you're fans of like fans of like Tomorrowland and, um, Carousel of Progress and Progress City and all that good stuff. But I still don't get it. I mean, with the whole line thing, I just, was there a line to get on the people mover when you rode it, Katie? Oh, yeah. That's why we only got on three times. We would have gone way more <laughs> there been no line. Um, but it had been 40 to 45 minutes all day. I kept checking while I was at work. And when we got there, it, we only waited 10 minutes, but we were there the last hour of operation. So I was figuring it wasn't going to be too bad, but it was the normal line honestly funny about the spacing i kind of was like if they would just let us go like normal i think it would have probably been every other car anyway naturally but yeah i'm sure earlier in the day the line was was pretty brutal yeah did you see all of the blog all, all of the vloggers there were, were they all they were gone by the time i was there we saw one well, I don't even know if they were a, a blogger or vlogger, but they were very excited, as excited as I was to be there. So <laughs> good, because if I saw one more article, one more article saying the people movers <laughs> opening this weekend, I was I, I was going to lose it because I kept <laughs> seeing that article over and over and people mover never actually opened. Um, So I'm glad that I'm glad that the bloggers and the vloggers got their people mover and it, we can just move back just move back on with the rest of our lives. Well, I'm excited to get on the people mover uh in May and something else I'm excited something else made a big return just today guys at Universal Orlando <laughs> uh Universal Studios uh Bruce the shark is back at the Jaws photo op. Full disclosure, Katie, I'm sorry. I don't I don't I, I don't mean to interrupt you. This is kind of um kind of poetic, isn't it? I just want everyone to know that I had a really cool Taylor Swift article uh, from Travel and Leisure that I was going to bring up, and um, I was so rudely, uh, it was so rudely taken out of the script. Go ahead, Katie. I I, just, I felt like the listeners should know. <laughs> Stream <laughs> version on Apple Music or Spotify. Go ahead, Katie. Oh, I was just going to say, I uh, I never get to see the cool stuff drive in to either Disney or Universal. And you would think that one of these times that I could get to see, you know, Bruce the Shark riding back to, to his home in Universal. <laughs> Is his name actually Bruce? Because that's like the name of the shark in Finding Nemo. Is the I've never seen Jaws. Is the shark in Jaws named Bruce? Um, I think that, well, the, sh the shark in in the movie is just the shark, but I think the mechanical model that they made, the animatronic shark they named Bruce. Yeah. So that is now the dead 
or fake dead shark in the theme park. I, ha- I, I have, I have taken my photo there once. I was in that photo. Although yes, my head you were. Inside the shark, you're, and you're now everybody, he- I'm assuming, can stick their head inside the shark. And in these in these unprecedented times, we can all catch the plague from the inside oh. of a shark. <laughs> maybe they maybe they coated it with some sort of antimicrobial solution. <laughs> One can only hope. They well, should have put a giant face mask on him. Then you can't put your head in his mouth. Then what's the? Po- you can't be eaten by the shark. Then what's the point of the shark? I'll tell you what the point is. The point is, I've got a story about another weird festival, the International Edition, and we're going to Hungary this week. That means I get to try to speak Hungarian. It's been a while since I've had some really difficult uh, language to speak, but this festival is known as Busoharas, and it takes place... Nailed it in the small town of Mohawks. And uh, this is another one of those carnival type festivals that happens uh, during during Lent. This actually takes place for the week leading up to Ash Wednesday. And the young men of the town dress up as horned monsters or horned devils. And they walk around the town uh Getting drunk and eating food and screaming at people and jumping at you and scaring you and 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 doing obscene gestures towards you and it looks terrifying and fun and you have to it it all culminates in a in a bonfire uh, at the at the end of the at the end of the festival they they bring a giant man made out out of straw into the center of town and turn him or light him up. And uh, the townspeople hold hands and dance in a circle around the straw man as he burns. These costumes are honestly quite frightening. I can't even do <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights, so I guess I'm not going to this festival. Well, you know, what you described, I have to mention this because I have I've been to Jeff's house a few times and stayed with him <laughs> and his family. <laughs> it describes exactly what staying at Jeff Williams house is like there's things i've seen i've seen gestures people screaming at me people running around <laughs> drunk and angry the only difference is that he has cats and a really cute dog what does he burn a, a straw man and make you dance in a circle around it at the end of the night um the costumes are really cool they dress up in these like shaggy white lambskin coats and they have these masks that are individually carved. It turns out, and this is kind of neat, there's like a master mask maker in the town, and he designs each of these masks for the person who's going to wear them so that they fit the individual personality of of the character. So that's kind of neat. This thing is terrifying. I know. I mean, like, like, you know, I, you know, their culture and it's, it's cool and I appreciate it. But this thing is scared living daylights out of me. It's called yeah, Happy, that's... Happy Monster. <laughs> yeah, they are. He looks like he Imagine if there my... were so many of them, though. They look like they're just as, like, intricate as the mass Singer costumes. <laughs> like, they're fancy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're, I mean, they're really well done. They're just also terrifying, much right. like much like the mass like, singer costumes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they just have these and they drag them out every year and they dance. They 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 dress up and they dance around and um, 
Uh, it's just another one of those festivals to celebrate the end of winter. And uh, the official story is that it dates back to uh, the 1500s when the villagers dressed up as fearsome monsters to scare away the invading Turkish army. So apparently, apparently that worked and uh, they've been doing it ever since. Cool. Uh, it is two hours away from Budapest. And if you would like to go be terrified by these woolly masked devils, then you can contact Key to the World Travel and we'll hook you up. Uh, stick around because after the commercial break, we're talking to Katie and Zach about how to experience Walt Disney World like a local. And we're also going to plan our May trip to the Vacation Kingdom. When it comes to planning your next adventure, knowledge and preparation are always key. That's why a call to your Key to the World Travel Vacation Planner should always be at the top of your to-do list when you feel the urge to venture forth and explore the world. Key to the World Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner, specializing in travel to Disney theme parks around the world, as well as Disney Cruise Line, Alani, and Adventures by Disney. With over 450 travel advisors who share a deep love for Disney destinations, Key to the World Travel has a wealth of knowledge and passion to help you experience all the magic with none of the work. Wherever your wanderlust is driving you, Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency with the expertise to get you where you want to go. So whether you're headed to Universal Studios, Hawaii, Europe, or somewhere a little farther off the beaten track, your first step should always be to visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a no-obligation quote. Their expert travel planners are standing by to help you with every detail of your perfect vacation. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com or at Key to the World Travel on Facebook. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. I've always loved the idea of living so close to a theme park that I could treat it like a regular neighborhood park. Somewhere I could go after work for a leisurely stroll, maybe sit on a bench with a snack and people watch or catch the sunset, and then maybe hop on a roller coaster if the mood strikes and the lines aren't too long. At the very least, it seems when you can visit the parks nearly as often as you like, you visit them with a very different eye and set of priorities than someone who has to fit a year or two or three or four into just a few days. Luckily, Katie and Zach are both uniquely able to give us some insight to what that's like and how you can experience the theme parks a little more deeply on your next visit. They're both former Walt Disney World cast members, and Katie is just about as local as a guest to the park. So let's start with some background info. Uh, what were your roles as cast members, guys? And when when were you? When when did you work for the mouse? So uh, hold on, Katie. Before we before we kind of answer this question, I do I do have to preface this. Katie and I have both realized that we're basically the same person, um, and I feel like I felt like this basically started bec- with this with our roles at Walt Disney World because we we both knew each other after we were cast members. So, Katie, go ahead. What what was your role? I know you had a couple different ones, but yeah, I had a couple. But my first role with Walt Disney World was a seater at Hollywood and Vine at Hollywood Studios, and then I also did concierge at the Polynesian, and then I did a couple professional internships that were more backstage. I was a manager at All Star Music. I worked at Disney University, and then I also worked with engineering. Jeepers! Mm. I, a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I, I only had the one role. 
but it was cool because we were both concierge, which concierge to an extent doesn't really exist at a lot of the resorts anymore because now front desk and concierge are basically the same thing. Um, and I was in concierge the last year that concierge was part of the college program. Um, so I always, and it's also, um, when it was in the college program, it was one of the, the, um, it was one of the roles that was mo- most difficult to get. Um, and there weren't a lot of ink. Uh, there weren't a lot of American CPs that made it into concierge. Most of the, most of my fellow concierge college program participants were from other countries because they could speak other multiple languages, which is very helpful um, when assisting guests with all the things that a concierge does. Cool. So but it, yeah, uh, I assume that when you're, when you're stuck there, especially if you're there as a college program cast member, you don't have much to do when you're not at work besides just visit the place where you work. <laughs> is, is that, is that accurate? He's been a, uh, yeah, there. to an extent. Uh, it's, it's funny because I went on my first trip to Disneyland when I was working at Walt Disney World, and I remember having conversations with guests kind of the week or so leading up to my trip to Disneyland, and a lot of them just thought it was so crazy and just insane that I was choosing to take a vacation and go visit Disneyland when I worked at Walt Disney World. To them, it was such a, the guy said, the guy, someone gave me the example. He's like, well, I work at a post office. I'm not going to go visit another post office when I go on vacation. I'm like, well, it's really apples and oranges, but, um, (laughs) but you know, when I was not working, you know, with, with the odd day that I would like to just hang around my apartment and just sort of relax because it is Orlando and it's very hot. Um, yeah, I, I did spend quite a bit of time just playing in the parks. I mean, why not? It's not something that everyone, you know, it's not everyone gets to go play in Walt Disney World for free. Um, so you, you kind of want to take advantage of it. And I knew that I wasn't going to work for Disney for the rest of my life. So I definitely took advantage of it. I don't, I don't know about you, Katie. Oh, yeah. I mean, every breathing moment, I was not in my costume. I was in the parks. That's 100% for sure. Well, I think it also helps that, um, Katie, you you didn't work in the parks, did you? Did you work in any other park? I I know you just went over your list. I worked in one. I was in studios. Okay. Well, see, and for me, like, I didn't... I was only concierge at the All-Star Resorts. I didn't have any other roles. So, you know, for me, I never really got burned out on the parks because I wasn't in them. Most of my roommates, you know, worked in Magic Kingdom, um, quick service food and beverage. So I would get why they would not necessarily want to go to the parks as often as I wanted to. They also didn't have cars. Pro tip, just if you're out there and the college program ever does become a thing again, if you want lots of friends, bring your own car because you'll make tons of friends. <laughs> um, that that's the biggest tip I can give you. But yeah, no, I spent and that, but see, it's also the great thing about it and what it's like being a local. It, and this is also typically just how I tour the parks now, even though I'm not a local anymore. Um, you really do have that ability to slow down, and there's not that sense of urgency. To, to do things like even when I was back in Walt Disney World with Jess 
last month. We maybe we went to the parks. I think three days. I think he went four days because he got he went to the parks the day that I got there. But we maybe spent three or four hours each day in the parks. And you know, for for most guests, that's not something I would ever advise. I would say you know go in there and take advantage of the time you have. But for us, as someone who used to be a local and still visits quite frequently, and for him, he quit, he visits more frequently than I do, it's kind of nice to just to go in to have that type of mentality where you're not having to rush to get things done or rush to see something or rush to a dining reservation. I don't know. And I feel like that's where my appreciation for the history um, and the details of the, the parks came from was my time, you know, as a local. Yeah, and then uh, Katie, since leaving the employee of the mouse, uh, you you have you are still a local there, right? Uh, if you don't mind, how how just how close are you to the magic? I am two point two miles away from the castle. <laughs> you can't get much closer than no. that without, <laughs> without uh, running a room at the contemporary. Uh, how often are you in the parks then, on average? Like, is this a daily thing or nearly daily? <laughs> oh, I or? wish. Um, you know, if if Magic Kingdom wasn't such a pain in the butt for me to get to, because I actually have to mm. drive around the whole park and. The monorail resorts and make a u-turn in order to park at magic kingdom um i would probably go more often but i would say on a normal week i'm there twice a week wow i mean that's still that's pretty amazing right it is awesome so you mentioned you know for example like you went the other day just to get uh the people mover because it was open again and that's so exciting do you do you find yourself being like well we're in the mood to go have a uh, like a like a cheeseburger egg roll. So let's head over to the Magic Kingdom just to go get a snack and all the time. Yes, it's it's become a little bit more difficult with park reservations because uh, now sure. we have to be a little bit more strategic. But um, pre park reservations, yes, it was. I want to ride dinosaur. Let's go. Yeah, just just do that. Yep. That's really cool. I was um, I, w- I was ahead. like that with the with Hollywood Studios, Epcot, and Animal Kingdom. Not so much Magic Kingdom, um, just because Magic Kingdom's not fun to park at because you got to park, and now you have to park, and then you have to walk, and then you got to take the boat or the monorail. Um, so that was always a thing. But I found myself going to uh, strangely enough, I found myself going to my least favorite park the most often. We went to Hollywood Studios quite a bit but that was also before galaxy's edge that was before toy story land we would go there a lot of times just for fireworks because they would um that's when they were running the symphony and the stars fireworks show every night um so we would go for that because that fireworks show was just amazing um so not necessarily food but we would go just to watch fireworks so then what what is that experience like when when you go to the park i mean for both of you when when you're at the park so often Mm-hmm. what it's not like when we're planning a vacation for somebody and we've got mm-hmm. their day laid out with uh turn left here and take 80 steps and get on small world. And after you get off that, then you need to go over here to catch a fast pass. Like what is your mindset? Do you, I guess what, what does it look like when you, when you go to visit? I think it depends on the day for me. Like sometimes like if we're just we're gonna have a magic kingdom day sometimes we'll make up like stupid games like how many times can we find cats in magic kingdom or <laughs> like it sounds ridiculous but <laughs> that's my new favorite fun. game 
<laughs> I'm gonna start doing that. Surprised how many there are. Because <laughs> I've um, done it at Disneyland, but I've never done it in in Orlando. Well, you won't find as many real ones, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, sometimes it's just I find that we do a lot of things that people skip because when you're when you are so local and you go so often, you're also less inclined to stand in lines. Mm, That's like the good. spoiled Absolutely. life. But it's true. So I've done so many more like off the radar attractions. Like I can't tell you how many times I've done the Swiss family treehouse just because there were no people <laughs> socially distancing before it was a thing. <laughs> Which is a travesty. That thing's a masterpiece. <laughs> the first time I ever did, um, or at least as an adult, I probably did it when I was a kid, um, you know, with my family. I just don't remember it. First time I ever visited uh, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse and Tom Sawyer Island was when I was a cast member. I've never been to. Is Tom Sawyer Island? Tom Sawyer Island's not open right now, is it? Or is it? Yeah, it, I it think it really is. is. Yeah, yeah. I might go across and visit that. That's uh, a great May, place. I have never been there. That's a great place to go social distance. We'll go. We'll, we might have to go check that out next month. I really like the idea of coming up with with funny games. Uh, <laughs> you could get some some challenges, or I know that like, and some of the people that I see that they're like, I'm gonna go see how many times I can ride Spaceship Earth in a single day, and the dude rode Spaceship Earth like I don't know how many dozens of times, but it was it was crazy, and he bought like the a piece of the material that the that the ride building is made out of, which like the single sample is like hundreds of dollars, and he had his record number written down and signed. he was crazy. But anyway, people are crazy, apparently. <laughs> so then if somebody's visiting the parks and, you know, I guess if it's their first time or if they don't go very often at all, you know, they kind of have to do it differently than you guys would experience the parks. But if there's somebody who goes, you know, somewhat more often, maybe, yearly or something is has gone enough that they've done all of the big attractions as much as they need to what is some advice for for activities or for things ways that they can still make that visit magical uh without you know when they're tired of waiting in line for space mountain or something you know what what advice would you give uh, a visitor like that I think for me, it depends on the person, because even as a in between the times I've been local, when I come back on vacations, I would still want to do all the big things because it had been so long since I'd done them. So I think it depends on the person. But something as simple as just eating somewhere different, because, you know, you've got the families that they always go to Chef Mickey's on their first day or, you know, whatever their their favorite is, trying to recommend something that's a little off their radar, but still equally delicious is is can change your whole view on things. But Epcot seems to be the thing where it kind of goes unexplored the most, I feel. It, telling people to just take their time in World Showcase can open up their eyes to how much detail that they just walked past the first 20 times they were there. Things like that can change a, a day in the parks for sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've, I've talked about it before when we did um, our, our company conference there a few years ago and we did that team building exercise day in World Showcase and we actually had to go 
back into the pavilions and actually see, despite the fact that it was like 98,000 degrees that day. That was really actually one of my favorite parts of the trip, I think, just because it was, I had never seen all that stuff. Who It's really cool. So yeah, definitely explore corners. There's lots of places that you can kind of poke into and there's details everywhere to look at it, you know. Not only World Showcase, like all the parks, you know, that's what makes it a theme park, right? It's kind of, you can't escape it. I mean, just last month, Jess showed me a restroom that I had never seen before. Never even knew it existed. (laughs) I've been to Magic Kingdom more times than I could ever count. I had no idea that there were restrooms out back um, and on this little corner right off of Pirates of the Caribbean. I had no idea. Um, Oh, yeah. Those are like my favorite ones. (laughs) Oh, they're now, they're now, they're now my favorites. Yeah. And then if you follow that walkway back far enough, it looks like a great quiet place to sit down with a baby if they're trying to nap, but then a cast member will come out of a door there and they'll yell at you for being in a cast members Mm. only area, even though, uh, even though there's no science that say you can't go back there. I guess the rush, (laughs) you know, it kind of sounds silly, but the more I think about it, there are tons of little hidden restrooms all around property. You can kind of go around around look at the different restrooms i kind of sound of sound silly but <laughs> i mean there are going to be in areas that you don't typically visit i know that there's a restroom somewhere on property where you walk in in the men's room and it's like it's got like this like i don't know any other way to describe it but it's like this like homoerotic cowboy painting you just have to look it up i don't know where it is i see it it <laughs> pops up on on my twitter timeline occasionally from what all these disney accounts hold on i'm actually gonna look it up real quick um also the there's um these like hidden bathrooms um uh, at the imagination pavilion that um are cut very don't tell anybody <laughs> tucked off to the back and they look like they're still in the 80s, but they also play the original soundtrack music, the original um, Journey into Imagination. Point that out. Yeah, they still play the original Journey into Imagination soundtrack back there. And I'll never forget going back there after I heard about it. And I went back there to find it the one time I was sitting there and all of a sudden I heard the soundtrack to the Main Street Electrical Parade and I go, oh, my gosh, <laughs> they play the Main Street Electrical Parade soundtrack back here, too. And then that's when I realized I was getting a phone call. <laughs> But I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I can hear the main... Listen, y'all, and I'm not a huge fan of Main Geological Private. I do love the little Baroque hoedown, little just in in small... Yeah, I like that music. In small increments. Yeah, I like it in small increments. But um, yeah, I I remember sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, they play it. And then I realized that it was my ringtone at the time. I'm trying to... uh, remember where this well you looked that up i was going to say uh you can even find bits of story that you can only find in the restrooms sometimes i don't know how they handled this in the ladies room at skipper canteen but in the men's room above the urinals there's sections of like the skipper jungle skipper like company newspaper and there's like this whole story that hmm. backstory to the skippers and the restaurant and this whole thing and you wouldn't get it if you don't go to the bathroom while you're eating there i can't even say that i even knew there were bathrooms in there that might be like the one bathroom i've never been in oh they're really nice there's like this beautiful like moroccan tile on the sinks and stuff it's a really nice bathroom plus there's this cool story so i've never been check that out next time i've never been to skipper canteen oh it's at one of my favorite restaurants it's at uh so uh at trails end and pioneer hall which is where um, Hoop to Do Musical Review is. That's where the homoerotic. Um, hold on, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you all this image. 
um, because I you have to see this. I don't know how I'm gonna show you. Anywho, uh, I I I will. Yeah, I don't know how to show this to y'all. I'm I'll, sorry. I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's the restroom at Trails Inn and Pioneer Hall. It's got this uh, just a so strange mural of all these like cowboys bending over and like pulling up their pants. It's so weird. I don't. I don't quite understand it. I'm gonna be honest. This isn't where I where I pictured this conversation going when right. I, but, when I came up with the idea for the episode. But see, this is a great segue because we were talking about how like off the beaten track things. And like things that you can do to make the park still feel new to you. Um, Hoopty Doo Musical Review is one of my absolute favorite things to do at Walt Disney World. I do miss that cast member discount where we could dine there for literally half off and included your taxes and gratuity. So you could you could engorge yourself or like it's like what, 30 bucks uh, included your alcohol too. And when you're a cast member, you you're all about that alcohol. And get it as cheap as possible. Um, I'd argue, though, that Hoopty Doo <laughs> review is not off the beaten track. I think everybody no, tries to get we're, into that. But so. we're not. Hold on, Dan. I haven't gotten to it yet. Where I'm going with this is Hoopty Doo musical review shares a kitchen with one of my favorite restaurants on property, and that's Trails End, a very, very, very popular restaurant with cast members, kind of akin to what. Um, What's that one at Old Key West? Uh, Olivia's. Yes, Olivia's also very popular with cast members because it's not, not, not a lot of guests go to either of those restaurants. I was going to say because nobody goes there. Because the guests don't typically go to those restaurants. so they And because they're not popular, the cast member discounts also tend to be higher at those locations. But Trails End has, the, has the, a lot of the same food you get at Hoopty Doo Music Review, which is delicious. Um, and you get it at a much lower price. You can eat like a breakfast buffet at Trails Inn. It's like fifteen or twenty dollars. And for for a buffet at Disney for an adult, that's quite the inexpensive meal. It's also delicious. It's not incredibly easy to get to because unless you're staying there, you have to either get yourself to the front part of Fort Wilderness and get all the way to the back. Most people will probably just get, you know, go to Magic Kingdom and take one of those launch boats. Um, but anywho, I don't know how we got here, but go eat at Trails End and... <laughs> uh, it was all about your bathroom painting. <laughs> and who do do musical um, review. See, this is why I can't be on the show every single week without all these other people, because I could just, just go on and on. I, yeah, this is the most you've spoken so far out of four or five I've, episodes that you've done. I've got lots um, of things to say. Speaking of food, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh... <laughs> Looking, looking for something new to eat that you haven't tried before because everybody gets stuck in their Dole Whip, Mickey, pretzel, corn dog, banana, banana stuffed toast, banana French stuffed toast. That stuff is it's it's not y'all. It's not good. It's dry. (laughs) Well, anyway, my point was I was wondering if 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 either or both of you have any good go-to suggestions for uh the hidden gems on you know the food stuff i'm maybe not so much like a restaurant but like what's a what's a snack that when i'm sick of sick of getting the dole whip what would you tell me to Mm. eat any park doesn't matter that's a very loaded question dan (laughs) (laughs) um i think 
I mean, for me, I love the Dole Whips. Like, that could be my rant. Like, I could give you my official ranking of all of official Dole Whip flavors, <laughs> but I will save that. <laughs> um, but Watermelon is number one. It's one? Watermelon is number one in my book. As the Our- best? Yeah, my my local my local ice cream shop just recently got it for the first time, and I couldn't believe how good that thing was. I can't even tell. Are you being serious? Yeah, I love it. Oh, Watermelon Dole Whip, it's amazing. I know. Are Katie, you kidding me? Number two, number two, you get you get lime and mango twist. I know. Katie loves I, the lime Dole Whip. Lime is the best. I was going to say Peter Pan float for those that are sick of the pineapple is absolutely amazing. If you go over to Pineapple Lanai at Polynesian, you can actually do the lemon lime twist sometimes and that is probably my favorite hidden gem if you like citrus but side note maybe your local place (laughs) a better watermelon but when they brought watermelon for the first time this past year to disney world it was not even watermelon flavored Mm. oh weird no this was this was definitely watermelon it was nice because it wasn't super sweet as far as dole whips go i've i've only I've only ever had the pineapple. I've never had any other flavors. I remember when I uh, when I took my ABD to Disneyland a couple years ago. It was right after they opened up uh, Tropical Hideaway, and that's kind of I feel like that was Disney's first real foray into the offering the different flavors because I think that's when they got the Raspberry Dole Whip. Anyways, I never made it back there to try it, so this is all really a, a moot point. But <laughs> I've only ever had pineapple. <laughs> But that's because I'm a citrus swirl kind of guy. I always get citrus swirl when I'm in Magic Kingdom. So, I don't know. I, I do like pineapple Dole Whip. I, I've always been inspired by Katie to try the lime, and I've just, I've never done it. So, Dane, maybe you and I it's need good. to try that next month. It's good. I've had it. I've had it. Uh, we, oh, well, maybe I need to try it. I love lime. But, but, but. But so, but so, but if it's not a Dole Whip, so tell me, like, what's a snack that, that I should try if I don't want the typical the typical go-to that everybody's eating is there a hidden gem i don't know if there's a hidden gem that's consistent what i find i do is i go for a lot of the specialty limited time things because Mm -hmm. if you happen to be there when there's a limited time offer just go for it like yesterday i went to grand floridian because they have a mother's day special and it was a a mother's day cake that had mimosa filling with a white chocolate Mm -hmm. glass slipper Mm. And had I not just randomly looked at mobile order, I would have never even known it was there. So I guess that is what I encourage is just looking through the menus for those or Instagram. That could be just as easy. Um, Just look for those random things. Yeah, Mm. I feel like social media has changed change the the uh the game in terms of those hidden gems because they're not as hidden anymore. Um, Even like like I said, I love going to Trails End. But as far as like those like snack items, um, like I could tr- I could tell you about some of the ones I've tried that I don't like, the ones that are really popular. Like, uh, <laughs> gosh, what was it? I tried one last month. Was it the cheeseburger egg roll? I tried it and I thought mm, it's okay. It's not that great. Um, it wasn't worth the wait in line. On my list of things to eat. You know that's hard. I I I don't try a lot of snacks when I go to Disney. I I do tend to stick to the ones that I like. I I tend to get citrus swirl. Not and and not the citrus swirl that's in um, orange soda. Blasphemous! I, I don't know where that came from. And remember, a couple years ago, I don't know if we've talked about this before or not. When they got rid of citrus swirl and they replaced it with like dull orange. Mm-hmm. 
They currently still serve both, though. They, st- I think they have both, but they replaced yeah. it, and the people, i.e., me, were upset. <laughs> and then, then they yeah, brought it back. Another example didn't. Um, didn't we just talk last week about something? The people rising up to oh, the the Main Street Theater that yeah removed the cartoons from yeah. Right? Every time, the power every of the people. Yeah, well, especially the power of the people at Disneyland. They they always tend to get what they want, um, except for their annual passes. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm very much the kind of guy that loves to get a Coca-Cola um, and popcorn and just enjoy Main Street. That's I guess that's also kind of just a hidden gem, I guess, because Main Street itself is a hidden gem because we talked about this last week. People tend to just pass it up. It's just a way to get to everything that you want to, everything else that you want to do. I love that popcorn cart. When you walk in on the left side of the train station, I do like to get my popcorn there. I might pop in the Emporium and get like a bottled Coke or something. And I just like to find a place to sit down and then um, just kind of slow down and enjoy myself. I wish that I had a hidden gem, but like I said, I feel like social media has taken away the fun of the hidden, the hidden snack foods at Disney. Everything that was, I, I do like. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, I was gonna say I do like I do like Katie's idea of you know go for the special limited thing. It's kind of yeah. like my rule of thumb for picking restaurants on vacation. If it's something you can get at home, why would you eat it while you're on vacation? If if you're there and you can't, if it's something you can't get every trip, then why would you why would you not eat it? Try it. Unless it's cowfish, always eat it cowfish because cowfish is delicious. We do have a cowfish in Alabama, but not it's nowhere near Ireland. Yeah, I, I guess going for those special offerings, I don't eat a lot of sweets, and I feel like that's typically what their special offerings almost always are. They're usually those lovely, infamous cupcakes that they have, and um, uh, it's usually cupcakes, and it's usually some version of a Dole Whip. Those are te- yeah. tend to be a lot of the specialty items. They are very Instagrammable. They are. That's and that's what they it's are. all about in the That's end. what it's all about. <laughs> Do it for the Vine, right, guys? <laughs> Zach, are you even old enough to remember Vine? <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap up this uh, this part of the conversation. So we talked about taking it slow, uh, taking an opportunity to look around and uh, notice the details that that they put there for you to see instead of just looking down at the ground or at your map. Uh, is there any other last last minute tips that you guys have for for taking it slow or enjoying the parks more as parks than as a endless series of lines to stand in. (laughs) Yeah. I think just walking into the merchandise stores, I feel like especially post like closure, a lot of the merchandise shops are selling the same thing right now. However, it gives you more opportunity to look at the details and stories in the stores. Like there's a surprising amount of detail and especially with limited capacities, the sounds that you can hear that you normally can't hear because there's so many people. Like there's such a another level of story that you can find just by walking through stores. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And yeah, I mean and if people don't know, I mean, imagineering every single thing that they build, there's like a a novella practically of the backstory of why this thing exists. And some of them are really out there and crazy. And if you poke around, you can figure out what the story is. So someday we'll have to talk about the backstory of the Port Orleans uh, hotels because it's. Oh, and the Sasagula. Yeah. All that good stuff. I, you know, I guess I want to say that, you know, 
looking for those details, which, you know, you can look for things and, and infer and, you know, some things are a little more obvious than others. I think a lot of it is just taking the moment to also just look up and look around you because we tend to keep our eyes focused on things that are in front of us. Um, I know this is a detail that a lot of people know about, but in Liberty Square, there's actually two that I always think of when I think of these hidden details. Number one is um, as you're sort of rounding the corner where Hall of Presidents is currently located. Currently, it's the only place it's ever been located. But if you look up, there's a window <laughs> there, and there's two lanterns in that window there, which is a nod to uh, the one if by land, two if by sea thing. I don't. I'm not great with history. Paul Revere, I think, said that it's one of his uh-huh. inspirational quotes. So that that there's that little detail. Also, when you go to Columbia Harbor House, which is one of my favorite, actually, that's a hidden gem right there. Not Columbia Harbor House itself, but if you go up to the second floor, you'd be surprised how many people do not go up there on the second floor to eat. Probably because I don't think there's an elevator to get to the second floor. There's a surprisingly large amount of wonderful space upstairs and lots of um, outlets where you can charge your phones. There's a wonderful little spot where you can overlook going up into Fantasyland there where the Rapunzel restroom is. But anywho, there's the signs on the outside of Columbia Harbor House. There's no like real menu or anything listed. I mean, there are for guests, but they typically they'll have these large um, metal structures of like a chicken and then like a fish. And a, like I said, I'm not a history person, but from what I understand is that's a that is a historical reference to at the time because... Um, a lot of people were illiterate. They couldn't read. So they would know what the restaurant is serving by the pictures that were being displayed by the restaurant on the outside. So, you know, at Columbia Harbor House, you can get, I guess, chicken and fish. I, I always get the same thing. <laughs> um, oh, and then there's another one. Uh, another quick little details. All of the uh, the shutters in Liberty Square are crooked. And that's... Uh, a reference to the the way that they used to hang sh- shutters with leather and leather would stretch over time so they're not on the building straight they're you know kind of di- crooked and diagonal so those just little attention to detail things that they've put in the time that a lot of people just wouldn't even notice and again most of the stuff you're going to see if you just kind of take the moment to look up and around rather than just straight ahead it's something that you can't really make someone care about, but Disney's put in the effort for the people who do want to appreciate it. And it's not going to cost you anything extra to enjoy that. Um, and your, your uh, park visits are going to be a lot less stressful. Take the time, look for the story and remember that it's a theme park is my biggest thing. Like it's a park. So people tend to, yeah. And people just tend to get so worked up about everything. And I get it. You know, those vacations can be expensive. For the most part, they are. And for a lot of families, it's a once in a lifetime visit. And I get that. But you're, ultimately, you're there to enjoy yourself. So as 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 uh, one of my favorite people in this world uh, once said, you need to calm down. Taylor Swift, 2019. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that's a fitting place to end that section of the conversation. Uh And then uh, the other thing I want to talk about uh, real quick is I've got a challenge for our listeners and for the two of you. So as we mentioned, we're visiting uh, Walt Disney World at the end of May. Um, Actually, right before my birthday, I'm going home on my birthday. So that's kind of a nice little birthday trip for me. And I wanted to get some input from our listeners. Uh, What? Give me some challenges. Plan my 
plan my Disney adventure for, I mean, within reason, I'm going to be there. Here's my caveats. I'm going to be there for two days, hopefully get into all four parks. And uh, I would prefer if uh, the things you send me to do are uh, as close to free as possible, unless you plan on uh, also providing the money to do the experience, in which case uh, you can head over to www.goldkeyadventures.com and click on the coffee link and buy me many, many coffees to pay for. Oh, you can also use that link to send us money and we can buy the boysenberry squishmallow. If you want to do it that way, you don't even have to worry about shipping it. We'll take care of that for you. Go ahead, Dan. There you go. So anyway, uh, so uh, you can, you know, all of the normal channels of communication, you can send us an email, uh, goldkeyadventures at gmail.com. Hit us up on our website is a great place to send us a message and get all the latest news or on our various social medias uh you know where to find us if you're one of our intrepid listeners and uh um so whether it's some sort of like tiktok worthy uh internet challenge that all the kids are doing these days and i or you know challenge me to find as many cats as i can or even i want to see dan do tiktok dances no i'm not going to do tiktok dances but you know I guess as long as it's not going to kill me, like uh, like swallowing Tide Pods or something. I was thinking more along those lines, um, <laughs> or uh, you know, or if it's just you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to see something around the parks that maybe you're just curious to see, or that people don't tend to post about, and you know, if I can go take a look for you, if there's something new that's happened, or if you want to see some change that they've made recently send us a message let me know and uh plan my plan my disney day for me and uh i'll be sharing a ton of stuff to social media on the uh gold key adventures various outlets and uh we'll uh tag you for a shout out when i uh if i complete your challenge so i was wondering if you guys have any sort of challenge for me or or something to put on my to-do list for my two days in the theme parks. Um, I'm going to need you to go to that bathroom that Zach was talking about, because <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll to add that to the list. Maybe I've, always w- I've always wanted to see that in person myself, so add it to the list, Dan. <laughs> um, All right. Wednesday, Wednesday before, before dinner at the Poly, we'll have to find our way over to uh fort wilderness fort wilderness i guess see if we can convince somebody to give us a ride on their golf cart back to oh. <laughs> i was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking a horse okay golf cart makes much more sense um make sure you pack a cowboy hat dan okay <laughs> it's gonna be bussin as the kids say have you sure. found the porgs nests in smugglers run queue i've never been to galaxy's edge so wow. that's the, that's the one key thing on my to-do list is to explore all of galaxy's edge well then while you're in line for smugglers run look for the porgs <laughs> nests <laughs> i'll have to do that so we've got porgs nest we've got zach's crazy uh painting any any it's, suggestions it's there? not mine <laughs> just i just brought it up it belongs to Disney. Oh, you were very enthusiastic about it. <laughs> um, I, it's just a fascinating thing that I never knew existed, and I still have never gone to see it in person. We're going to change that next month, man. I uh, I don't know, like I don't know, because I'll be with you for a lot of this. Uh, hmm, I want to I want to watch the trot the the the, the that, that's another thing like the Main Street Trolley show. I think they're still doing it. I don't think they're stopping. I think they're just riding along. 
Um, I'd like to see that. I want to see you do that, and I want to see you do the I've little never, dance with them. Okay. I will do a little trolley dance. I've never seen the trolley show, but I very much miss the old uh, welcome show at oh. the station. So oh, if it gives me heart. any vibes of that show, then I am all for the trolley show. It does. It gives vibes. And sometimes they'll... Sometimes uh, when they're doing the show on the backside of the train station... At least they did before the pandemic. They would play a portion of that that welcome show song. It's like the extended version of it. Um, I do miss that welcome show. That is one of the biggest things that they've gotten rid of. That and those darn popcorn lights on the Grand Floridian. Those two things they've gotten rid of. That just it just tears tears my heart. Just breaks it. Also, yeah. you should do the the 1964 New York World's Fair challenge where you. Do it's a small world. Um, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover and Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, and I think those are all great. And I'll do it with you because those are two of those are my two favorite attractions in all of Walt Disney. Done. And since they don't have great moments with Mr. Lincoln, do we have to sit through the Hall of Presidents also? Nah. Well, it's still it's still closed. Um. Oh, well, I, perfect. Well, then we'll just visit the Muppets we can instead. Just, yes, I, I still haven't. I haven't been in the Hall of Presidents since. Well, it's, it, well, it's been four years. <laughs> I'll say that. I, I was going to suggest that we substitute uh, um, the the test track for the Magic Highway, but I never have. I never want to ride test track again. So. I don't either. Uh, we'll, we'll pretend we didn't do. That. I can drive or I can I drive sixty miles in my own car. <laughs> exactly. It's probably more thrilling when you're doing it. It, it really is. If you've never ridden with me, <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> uh, I think that sounds like a pretty good list. So we'll look for that painting. We'll. Uh, I should have been writing this down. Well, I'll I'll figure it out when I listen <laughs> back. Uh, the painting and the, the trolley show. Nest. Yes, the pork's nest. Pork's nest. And, uh, do it. A little trolley dance and the uh, World's Fair challenge, and hopefully you, the listener, will uh, will come up with some other ideas for things that we can do and see. While Give us some ideas, out. and I'll film them. Yes, we. I'll film Dan doing all this stuff. We want all of your ideas. Uh, well, thanks for hanging out with us again this week, and thank you so much, Katie, for guessing on our show this week. It was a lot of fun having you here. Thanks for having me. Does this mean um, I've been promoted to series regular? <laughs> We'll work that out in the contract negotiations. Mm. Uh, if you're excited to look for the hidden gems at Walt Disney World or explore anywhere else around the world, Key to the World Travel has a 26-foot U-Haul moving truck with a low-deck, easy-load ramp and 48-cubic-foot mom's attic extension for storing your fragile valuables full of expert travel planners ready to make your vacation dreams a reality. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com to get started with a no-obligation quote. Don't forget to catch up with our friend, the Theme Park Professor, for all the latest theme park news at tips at www themeparkprofessor.com Word of mouth is always the best way to help us grow our show. If you have a friend or two who you think would appreciate our special brand of globetrotting jackassery, tell them what makes our show so great and send them our way. You can find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite apps and all the latest updates at www.goldkeyadventures.com We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. See you real soon. Have a magical day, folks. To ask a question or share your travel story, you can reach us by smoke signal, carrier pigeon, or send an email to goldkeyadventurers at gmail.com. And make sure you follow the Gold Key Adventure Society on Facebook and Instagram.
A huge thanks to our sponsor, Key to the World Travel. For all your travel planning needs, visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a free quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime. Tell them the gold Key Adventurers sent you. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Thanks to Outer Vibe for the use of their song Hoka Hey for the intro and outro of our show. Find them on Facebook at The Outer Vibe or check out www.outervibe.com for tour dates, music, merch, and more. We'll see you next week for another meeting of the Gold Key Adventures Society. And until then, remember, life is short and the world is wide. So go have an adventure.